Hey guys, this week's podcast brought to you by Kent Cartridge and Fast Steel 2.0. I've been shooting Kent for over God, 15 years when I was in college. I had to wait tables and bartend just to be able to afford shotgun shells to go duck hunting. Nothing's changed in that time frame. Kent killed ducks then, and it kills ducks now. That's why I still shoot it. Fast Steel 2.0 is just the evolution of Kent's reliable, effective, and industry-leading steel shot technology. You can find it at your local dealer or uh, head over to KentCartridge.com to check out their entire lineup of shot shells. It's New Year's Day here on the border And it's always been this way I never do the things I order I think I'll stay, it's New Year's Day Good morning, good morning, good morning, Cable Smith Welcoming each and every one of you into episode 608 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Of course, it had to be Charlie Robinson, New Year's Day, kicking things off for us in 2022. I hope this year is going to be better than last year. Not that uh, last year was too terrible. I mean, yeah, things were crazy, right? COVID, elections, social unrest, but... High hopes for 2022. I I don't want to say it can't get any worse, but uh, that thought has crossed my mind. (laughs) But we're still here, and we're still talking, hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks. So thank you for being here. Uh, It is wonderful to be talking outdoors. And it's been been a tough last week, I'm not going to lie. We had to put down Sweet Bell. It'll have been uh, two weeks on Monday, and yeah, that was uh, a traumatic and trying experience for the whole family as we all sat there and held her uh, as she took her last breath, and the veterinarian asked, you know, or he explained to the kids what was going to happen. This is going to put your dog at ease, and then this second injection will cause her heart to stop and Aaron said okay I'll I'll step out with whoever wants to go obviously dad will stay here no everybody wanted to uh ugh, don't want to get choked up here but everyone wanted to, everyone wanted to stay in there until the end and she gave it her all until the end she ran her race well that old gal did picking up eight ducks on Saturday Sunday, we went to my folks' house and had a Smith family Christmas. Everyone loved on her, but it was the nighttime breathing that was becoming so problematic for her. She was uncomfortable. It was very clear. Uh, and then Monday morning, we knew we made the right choice when, you know, to be a little graphic, blood was coming out of both nostrils. And for the first time while she was walking around, really struggling to breathe. So we made the call and, uh, yeah, it, uh, Henry and I left for South Texas later that day to try to get him a buck, which will be uh, a conversation for another show. But it seemed like we would go 15 minutes down 35 before one of us would stop crying and the other one would start crying. <laughs> it was, uh, And then there's the tough questions when an eight-year-old's asking about life and death and why do bad things happen to good people or certainly a great dog. And so it was through the the grief and the tears an opportunity for me to teach as well. But silver lining 
Sweet Bell, no longer in pain. And at the end of the day, that's the hardest thing about being a pet owner. And when does the pet tell you they've had enough? Do you string it out too long? I don't think we did. I think it was the perfect timing. I mean, she had a great last season. Some people, when she got diagnosed with cancer, maybe they put the dog down then. I don't know. Maybe when she first starts showing signs of distress. That's not what we did. We let her tell us, hey, I love you guys. I've run my race, and it is time to go. Uh, So I know many of you guys can relate, whether it's a hunting dog or a family pet. These animals are family. And, uh, yeah, it's devastating when it is time to say goodbye. But say goodbye we did, and uh, she'll live on in certainly our hearts and and our thoughts and our memories forever. And that's one of the things I told Henry is stop dwelling on the fact that she's gone, Henry, and think about your top three favorite memories that you had with her. And I'm sure there's way more than three, but just think about that. So anyway, rest in peace, sweet Belle. Um, we've got a great show lined up for you today. Sorry, that was a a really dark way to start the show, I guess, but I know a lot of y'all were following along with that, uh, that situation and her cancer. Oh, and I can't believe I almost forgot to thank you guys because I cannot tell you how many messages, how many comments, how many emails, even phone calls. One of my friends, and you've heard his music on the show, Ray Johnston, Call me crying as we were driving to South Texas. Choked up. He'd hunted with Bell a bunch of times. He was crying for me. And I felt that love, from certainly from Ray, but from more than hundreds, thousands of you guys commented or sent me direct messages. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Uh, truly, truly. Thank you. Now, what are we going to do today? Let's uh, Let's bring a little sunshine into today's episode so you know what to do pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire pour yourself another cup of that black rifle coffee into granddaddy's beat up old stanley thermos because we are headed to hawaii to visit with professional surfer mark healy world-renowned big wave chaser passionate bow hunter and spear fisherman so uh, we'll talk about all those things and, and also what's the hunting culture like in Hawaii, which is a very blue state, right? So is it received with open arms or is it something that people kind of frown on in Hawaii? Um, but Mark's a lifelong Hawaii native and so uh, lots of access to you there. I'm sure we'll talk about that among other things. And Mark will be here for the duration of today's presentation. I'm excited about it as Hawaii has long been on my bucket list of places that uh, I want to bow hunt and spearfishing. That seems like an adrenaline rush as well. It's not something I've done, but want to pursue. Absolutely. Uh, so pumped to have Mark join us. Let's uh, let's do a quick giveaway. How about a bino harness from our friends over at NUMA Outdoors? This thing retails for 150 bucks. We'll throw in a NUMA t-shirt as well. Just uh, email, how about just email 2022? Let's get this party started here 
kicking off the new year with a great giveaway from NUMA. Uh, yeah, email to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. We'll get you entered. Let's knock out a quick break. Coming up next, we'll head to the big island of Hawaii to check in with professional surfer Mark Healy on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Hey, hey, everybody, Cable here for Go Wild. If you're like me, trust me, these clowns have been censoring me for a long time. But if you're like me and you can't seem to make heads nor tails of what the hell's going on on traditional social media platforms like, you know, the one that Zuckerberg owns, well, let me tell you about Go Wild. It's a place where like-minded folks are sharing ideas, hunting tips, Fishing tips, recipes, all that great outdoor content that you and I both love. You can find it on Go Wild. And here's an even better thing that they're doing right now. They've got an online store. And if you sign up, that's right. It's it's a free account. That's, that's all you have to do is just go to a download Go Wild. You sign up, create your account there. You'll get a free $10 gift card to spend on Go Wild's outdoor gear store. Brands like Garmin, Vortex, Irish Setter Boots, Treason, North Mountain Gear, and many, many others. They're all right there in the Go Wild store, and you can use that $10 credit on anything you want. It's that easy. Sign up at DownloadGoWild.com. Take advantage of your $10 reward gift card, and uh, and you and you build points, too. Um, that's another thing. It's a, a rewards program. So the more you spend, the more points you get. You can find it all at download gowild.com and I'll see you over there. Cable here and if you're like me, you probably enjoy bold flavors and cuisines and nobody does Cajun and Creole better than Chris's Specialty Foods in Frisco. Their forte includes specialty sausages, boudins and andouille, pre-cooked soups, gumbos and sides where all you have to do is heat it up. What about high quality steaks, smoked and fried turkeys, turduckins and turducken rolls for the holidays plus gift boxes. Storefront conveniently located off Dallas Parkway in Frisco or shop online at chrisespecialtyfoods.com and have it delivered to your door. Here in my arms, I can take you to a movie, I can take you downtown, or I can take you straight upstairs. Well, girl, I'm easy. That's our very own Mike Ryan, Easy, bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith here with you as always. Thanks for kicking off 2022 with me as we're about to check in with Mark Healy, world-renowned big wave chaser, passionate bow hunter, spear fisherman. But first, this segment proudly brought to you by Vortex Optics and the Fury HD 10x42 range-finding binoculars. When Henry and I were down in South Texas, he figured out what that rangefinder was. And I'm not kidding you. We knew the distance of every mesquite tree within one square mile. Uh, and there's a lot of freaking mesquite down there. Dad, how far do you think that tree is? Oh, gosh, okay. Anyway, I love them. Henry is obsessed with them. You can find the Fury range-finding binocular 
right there at vortexoptics.com. Well, let's bring him on right now. Joining us from the Aloha State, it is my pleasure to welcome Mark Healy to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely, my friend. Uh, so what island are you joining us from? Yes, so I'm on the uh, north shore of Oahu out here in Hawaii. Oh, is that where you're from originally? Yep, I'm born and raised out here. Right on. So yeah, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. Oahu is the only island I've ever been to. I was, I think, 15 or 16 and uh, went with a buddy and his family. And that was the only time that I've ever... I've gone snorkeling like in Mexico and Florida, but to Hawaii was uh, hands down the snorkeling experience was was way better. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I don't remember what reef we went to, but it was like I think it was a national park. Oh, you uh, probably went to Hanama Bay. That sounds. Where the fish are pretty tame; they come up to you. Yeah, yeah. It was cool, really cool. Yeah, it's a um, neat place. So, did you start surfing or or hunting or fishing first? So for me, it was um, surfing, fishing, and like free diving, spear fishing all kind of happened at the same time. And that's just because my father brought me on his uh, adventures with him. Yeah. So I just went and did what dad was uh, doing with his buddies. So yeah. the, the ocean aspect started all at the same time um, to varying degrees. You know, it's like just getting pulled along, you know, in a life vest kind of just yeah. there observing to participating more pretty quickly. Uh, whereas uh, bow hunting is coming to my life, probably been doing it about 11 years, 12 years uh -huh. now. That's so cool. it's a, definitely a, a later in life thing that I picked up and just fell in love with it. Well, you're in the middle of big wave season. So I hear, I, I don't know a lot about surfing. I used to watch some of the videos uh, in college I can't say whether or not, you know, marijuana was involved with that, but, uh, <laughs> we certainly, we certainly watched the videos, uh, in college and you know, I've, I've never done it. I, I, I love the ocean. Surfing is just not something I've ever picked up, but you're 40. I'm mm -hmm. also 40 and my body hurts more these days. Like I play in a men's over 30, <laughs> uh, soccer league on every Monday. I've played soccer uh -huh. my whole life and I can't give it up. But Tuesday mornings, I'm like, what time is my massage? I need to like, just have some maintenance done. So how at 40, are you able to still compete at the highest level? Cause you still are competing competitively. Yeah, I do a few big wave events. It's just been so weird with all this freaking last couple of years, things going on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's hard to tell what events you're going to do, but, yeah. um, yeah, you definitely have to try harder at 40 years old. Yeah. Um, there, there's more planning, there's more rest. There's, it has to be a lot more deliberate. Like when you're younger, you can just go get beat up. Then drink till 2 a.m., then roll out of bed in the morning and do it all over again. Yeah. doesn't happen at 40. No, no. I mean, <laughs> there has to be some strategy. You have to take care of your body. Um, you have to prepare. Like, so for me, it's like making sure I'm hydrated, making sure I've, I've eaten well going into it, try to get good sleep, which seems to never happen um, unless I really knock myself out uh, just because yet there's so much to prepare the night before. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not just like laying in bed. It's like, Oh my, okay. So I got to get the, the film guy set up, we have to work on the safety skis. What's going wrong now. My friend's flying in from Australia. So I got to pick him up from the airport. It's that, that kind of stuff. Uh huh. Okay. So you, you have, um, I'm sure maintenance keys. Like I, I use a foam roller. 
I use a lacrosse ball and like smash my glutes out, like things that at 25 years old, like I didn't even know what a foam roller was or like mm-hmm. who needs to like put pressure on certain muscles to like loosen them up. You know, I thought like, okay, I, I stretched my, my quad and my hamstrings. I'm good to go for 90 minutes of, of uh, football. So, um, what, what kind of things do you do to keep in top athletic shape? So, um, we, I guess we were probably a little ahead on some of that stuff in the surfing world. I think it's kind of because it's a little bit connected with some like a little free spirit hippie aspect. So you get, um, you know, people were on eating pretty clean food from early days, uh, doing yoga in between. Um, <clears throat> also just, uh, looking more and more at hydration, things like that. Uh, so I'm a co-founder of a company, a company called protect. And we make, um, basically the solutions for all the problems we've always had. So I, mm-hmm. I use a lot of our own products. Um, it's veteran owned. I'm a co-founder, but it's veteran owned. Uh, my other partners, um, or co-founders, I should say are, are veterans and we source all our stuff in the U S um, we batch test it. We manufacture in the U S so we can have, um, our eyes on what's happening thank God we haven't had like big supply chain issues and stuff, but just finding solutions to the problems without all the other junk and BS that you usually take on when you say want to be hydrated or want to rest or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It doesn't really make sense. Like at nighttime to take a rest product, if it's got a bunch of high fructose corn syrup and a bunch of crazy stuff, that's going to jack your heart at the same time. It's like taking a like a, a 7-Eleven speedball or something. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It's just right. getting no, pulled I in different directions. Pop my uh, my kids melatonin. Like they take one. I'm like, oh, I'll take four. <laughs> well, melatonin is a tricky one. Actually, people are moving away from that because that's actually um, a hormone. Yeah. So it can it can mess with your hormonal levels. So there there is actual. I, I got to send you out some of our rest one. It it kicks butt and it doesn't okay. have like that lingering lag to it. It doesn't uh, mess with your endocrine system. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are there are times if I take it. And I don't take it every night. It's like, well, if I really you know want to conk out, then yeah. then the next day though, kind of like wake up just a little cloudier than than I'd like to. Yeah, totally. I learned that like yeah. I could not wake up in the morning. There's no amount of caffeine that would just I could pull it off if I didn't have like anything to do the first two hours I was going to wake up the following morning. Right. Right. But who has that luxury? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've gotten enough concussions in my life. I don't need more mental fog. <laughs> right. right. Um, so what are the, and I, interestingly enough, I, uh, my cameraman for my last African safari lives on, oh, shoot, what is the name of this? Jeffrey's Bay, South Africa. Oh yeah. J Bay. Yeah. Uh, that's where he lives. He's a surfer. He's, is he started out filming surfing videos and then kind of got into hunting later. Um, and I, I, I asked him what his top five big wave destinations were globally. And I think certainly Hawaii was one of the Hawaiian beaches was on the list. I don't remember which one he lived in Hawaii, of course, for a little while chasing the waves. Uh, what are your top five? Hmm. Top five, I would say definitely home Hawaii. I love Tahiti. I've spent probably cl- probably close to two years of my life in Tahiti. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Fiji. I spent probably a year of my life down in Fiji. Uh, let's see. After that, 
Mexico. So like uh, mainland Mexico in the Oaxaca area, there's some pretty amazing waves that get pretty darn big. Uh And after that, I I mean, probably Indonesia for me. Okay. Indonesia doesn't, it very rarely gets giant. You know, the the Indian Ocean is, it's a small ocean compared to the Pacific. So just the, the mechanics of getting a giant swell that isn't a storm on top of it at the same time is a little trickier, but um, there's just so much perfect waves. I've spent again, like a year of my life down in Indonesia. Right. Um, So while, while you're out on these adventures, sometimes extended, you know, you're there for months or, or multiple times a year, whatever it is, do you get to go fishing when you're, uh, when you're out there? Oh, always. So I usually, plant at this point it's kind of flip-flopped actually it's like let's go do a bow hunting trip or let's go do a spear fishing trip and then get some surf after uh-huh. um whereas <laughs> before it was always get some surf and bring all my spear fishing gear bring my fishing gear and because you know i we didn't have money growing up like uh professional surfing was my ticket to see the world so yeah you know, I get to go surf in places and then everybody leaves from the trip and I stay an extra week or two, usually by myself and go find a floor to sleep on. And you, usually it's kind of one of those things, especially in like South Pacific and everything. It's like you meet people and they're like, oh, my cousin lives on this far outer island. They have a pearl farm there. You should go visit him. I'll call him I'm like, OK, say bye to all my surf friends and go take off and spearfish for another week. Wow. Um, so that's kind of how I always rolled through the whole process. And then, uh, now I kind of get to do everything for a living. I'm, I'm very fortunate. Uh-huh. So what is it, what is travel like with, with spearfishing equipment? I have no idea. I mean, I've traveled with, with archery and, and firearm equipment mm-hmm. many, many times <clears throat> over, but do people look like, what the hell is this? Like, they don't know what it is or. You know what? It's not as bad as you would think. Um, you, I make sure I always say fishing equipment and not spear gun. You don't okay. use the G word. Uh, the only place I've had, well, I kind of had, I got some grief, uh, coming into Indonesia the first time I went there when I was like 15, that was the only time in Indo I had a hard time, but I'll tell you what, in, uh, don't go through China, right? The spear gun. Yeah, it's I don't fr- ever plan frowned on going upon. to China <laughs> at all these days. So, <laughs> hey, well, I was flying through to Indonesia. I wasn't okay. even technically in the country because the airport is, yeah. you know, I haven't passed customs, but uh, they, I guess, saw it in my surfboard bag. And yeah, I almost ended up in jail. Luckily, oh. this Air New Zealand pilot bailed me out as far as because uh, I got pulled down onto the tarmac and flight's about to leave to uh Dempasar. and um i go down there and there's a van with like cage windows and everything and all the guys like they're strapped up like ready to get in a firefight right there was four of those guys and they had a tripod with a video camera filming my board bag that was inside of this van like it was gonna like turn into a transformer or something because <laughs> it was already recording and the board bag's just sitting there yeah. i was like i have no idea <laughs> what is going on? And, uh, yeah, there guy just started off with like, you're going to jail. Like, like, no, I'm not. Right. So I started <laughs> arguing with the guy. Of course. I'm like, I, technically I'm not in your country. I haven't passed customs. I'm, I'm 
passing through. Then he starts saying like, well, it's illegal to have a spear gun in Indonesia. I'm like, you're lying. I know it's not. And then he started his face getting a little red until he wanted to shoot me in the face. And uh, we're kind of going back and forth and my plane's getting ready to leave. And just pulled up above us was this Air New Zealand um, plane. And the captain was looking down from his window. He was like, I don't know if he was pre-flight or post-flight, but he was sitting up there and he could see us. And he kind of figured out what was going on. He was this really cool Maori dude. And he came down onto the tarmac and he came up to me. He said like, hi to the, the police guys. And he's like, oh, nice spear guns, bro. You know, like I spearfish too, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'm trying to help you out here. Right. And uh, yeah, somehow I got on my plane, but the guy was pretty, pretty excited about throwing me in a Chinese prison cell for a while there. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I haven't had that experience. I've been hassled, you know, here and there with firearms. But one of the guys that went with me to Africa in February he kept all of his casings for the animals that he shot. Mm-hmm. And so he had them in his, in his check bag and we were flying on uh, Qatar airways and they were like, no, you can't have these. So he, uh, well, they must've been on his carry on. So then he, he put them in his check bag. Well, we're getting about to, we're about to board the plane. I've actually like boarded and we're looking around. We're like, where's Kevin? Like he disappeared. And he was like a little ways behind us in line. Can't find him. I don't know, but the, we're boarding the plane. So I guess Kevin will get here when he gets here. Like literally five minutes before takeoff, he's, he comes up, he's all sweaty. Like he looks like disheveled and he's like, dude, they, they, th- they told me they were going to throw me in jail because one of those casings was still in my uh, carry on bag. And, and they were like, they maybe get on my hands and knees and apologize. Oh, no. Yeah. Bag. Oh, okay. At least he just had to apologize. Bag like for <laughs> forgiveness to get on the airplane. It was, you know, he was, he wasn't too happy about it. But, uh, I mean, it's a spent shell. So it's, it's just, all it is is just a piece of brass at that point. It's if there's any, totally. And, and if there's anything that I learned about in travel, it's like the rules mean nothing. It all, what matters is the person you're talking to. Yeah. What mood they're in and their understanding of the rules yeah. and how scared they are of their boss or if they don't care about their boss. Right. Or Everything's it, negotiable. It is. <laughs> but I feel like sometimes they're like, Oh, how can we power? Like, how can we flex on these Americans? You know, like, cause I feel like that's oh, what they did to him. Totally. Uh, totally. Uh, we're going to work in a quick break here. We'll come back and get into one of your other passions, which is spearfishing, something that is completely foreign to me. So uh, looking forward to learning all about that. Uh, that segment brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit and Big and J Whitetail Attractants. We'll be right back with professional surfer Mark Healy on SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Hey guys, Cable Smith here for Stealth Cam. You know that I've been with Stealth Cam for a long time, and there's a reason for that. The cameras are reliable, and they offer the best photo quality in the industry. Check out the Reactor or the Fusion. Those are the latest and greatest wireless cell cameras from Stealth Cam. Sending images to the Stealth Cam app right there on your phone. It's like Christmas every day. Instant updates. Check those cameras. Get those bucks pattern or know when you need to be at a certain stand because the hogs are coming in like clockwork. Whatever the case, check it out. You can find the entire lineup of stealth cameras, cameras, 
That sounds funny. You can find the <laughs> you can find the entire lineup at stealthcam.com. Okay, we'll hear for Big and J Whitetail Attractants. Few things are more enjoyable than to watch the kids put out the Big and J BB squared and then start beating dad up to look at his cell phone. Why? Because they want to see what bucks are coming to eat the Big and J. You can find their entire lineup of Whitetail Attractants at BigandJ.com. Tactical Skeleton Firearms specializes in custom AR-10 firearms. They're best known for their AR-10 308 pistols. Also, dual-caliber AR-10 rifle systems and dual-caliber AR-15 takedown pistols. Tactical Skeleton specializes in custom Cerakoting engraving, and they'll custom laser-cut the foam insert inside your hard gun case. They'll also take on any exotic-caliber build offered on the AR-10 or AR-15 platform. Precision machining and hand-built quality guaranteed by a lifetime warranty? Who does that? Get free shipping on your order when you visit TacticalSkeleton.com today. There's something nostalgic about the old-timey general store, and that's exactly what you're going to find in downtown Goldwaith, Texas, at the Mills County General Store. They're licensed FFL with rifle, pistols, and shotguns, ammo, gun accessories, hunting accessories, deer, corn, and attractants, sporting goods. They've got a wide array of knives to choose from, plus insulated apparel for both work and camo for hunting season, fishing supplies. They've got foods like Anchor Tea, grass-fed beef, Dublin sodas, gourmet sauces, and a whole lot more. Also, Ace Hardware. From wall to wall, they have it all. Check it out. The Mills County General Store right there in Goldweight, Texas. Eddie on the radio, I won't back down. I called you a brother, but you were closer than my kin. And it kills me knowing you may never pass my way again. But I hope that every now and then. Cable Smith, welcome everybody back to the SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. We're still visiting uh, with big wave surfer Mark Healy. And we'll dive back into that conversation. Literally, uh, free diving. With a spear gun <laughs> here in just a second. But first, this segment proudly brought to you by SCI. Celebrating 50 years as the worldwide leader in conservation here in 2022. And they're doing it in grand fashion with their biggest and baddest convention yet. Taking place January 19th through the 22nd at Mandalay Bay in beautiful Las Vegas. I'll be there. Hope to see you as well. For more information on attending, uh, just head over to our website, Safari Club. Org. With that being said, Mark, let's get back into it here. I know that spearfishing is truly one of your biggest passions. It's not something that I've ever done, but certainly is intriguing. I mean, stalking fish with a gun below the surface sounds kick-ass. Uh, but what is your favorite fish to pursue and why? God, there, there's so many. I guess it's kind of different flavors. I'd categorize it as like blue water species like pelagics which uh-huh. i like going after all of them i think going after really big wahoo is definitely one of my favorites and i've done a bunch of trips i've actually done a couple trips to texas doing that um and then coming up on the reef like south pacific indian ocean dog tooth tuna that like that's kind of like the pinnacle of spear fishing they're just so difficult to land and um uh-huh. very physically demanding just getting on them usually there's usually a lot of sharks around them. So that's a nightmare too. But, um, and then on the reef, there's, there's fish that are really good eating that are hard to shoot here in Hawaii. 
I'd say uh, one is called a Mu. So it's oh. like a, it's a type of emperor. It's like a glass eye emperor or something, but um, really good eating fish. And they don't look like, like if you don't know about them and you looked in a fish book, they wouldn't pop out to you at all, mm. but they're just really, really smart in how they act, especially on Oahu. Cause I'm on the main Island. The fish get more pressure than the other islands. And they just, you have to play the chess game with them. You have to have a long hold down, find a good, good cover on the bottom and make noise, stop making noise. It's, it ma- they really make you think while holding your breath. Like you have to have your mind engaged while you get to that point of discomfort while holding your breath. And to me, that's, that's the whole game. Yeah. So how long can you hold your breath? Um, that's another thing I'd put into categories. So just like sitting around, um, and I don't try to see how long I can hold my breath all the time. I haven't done that in like years. I think the last time I did it was six ten. But um wow. uh spear fishing, uh you don't really try to hold your breath as long as you can usually because then your recovery time takes so much longer on the surface because mm-hmm. you have to cycle out all that CO2 in your, in your bloodstream. So typically what you think of is, you know, if I, if I go down and do a four minute dive, the general rule of thumb is you want to do two and a half times on surface. So I've just committed 10 minutes on the surface, not going after fish to one mm-hmm. dive. Okay. So I'd rather have a happy medium and I find my, my dives are usually between a minute 30 and just over two minutes, but then you're doing like 50 of them in a dive day and you kill more fish that way. Right. Right. Awesome. Um, I've never done the spearfishing thing. It intrigues me. I just, uh, I haven't, you know, it's like, like what your dad, he drug you along. I've never had anyone drag me along. Well, let me know if you come out, I'll drag you out. (laughs) <laughs> awesome. Well, so obviously you're ending up with a lot of fresh fish. What's your favorite recipe? I don't know. We just don't we, say we deep fry them like we do in the South. <laughs> you got to have something better. We do the that. little ones. Yeah. <laughs> but I can only eat so much grease. So that's, right. that's not every night. Mm-hmm. Honestly, we eat a lot of our fish raw. Good. You know, I like especially me because and that's another misconception, you know, um, in the continental us and in a lot of places in the world it's kind of thought that it's like oh you know tuna is the sashimi that's the one that you eat raw um you can eat most fish raw whether you 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 can eat all fish raw basically but whether you want to or not is a different question but um just like the different tastes and textures that you get from other like even reef fish species and and knowing how to take care of them you know uh, what, how many days on ice are, is when like those ones that start off a little tougher, the, the meat will relax a little. Um, yeah, we, we eat probably half of our fish raw of any species that I get. So when we go offshore for red snapper, we make sure we have just a bottle of soy sauce and some limes or lemons mm-hmm. and that's it. Just right there on the boat, flay them little squeeze of uh lime or lemon and then right into soy sauce boom it's not, nothing better than that yeah I, and i like having like both of those on hand especially if you're like end up cleaning fish filleting fish on the boat that way you're not as stressed out about like oh i left a little little bit on the bone there you just eat it right then and there right right you said wahoo you like pursuing what is the best tasting 
fish out of all these? You just got to have a favorite. You talked about some of the ones that you like to pursue. Uh, at, what is the name of that tuna? Uh, dog uh, two tuna. Dog two tuna, which is difficult for, for you to go after. But as far as table fare, like which one, one has to stand as like, that's my favorite. I think in the South Pacific and Indian ocean, there's a, a type of grouper called a coral trout uh-huh. and uh, like a six pound coral trout is pretty hard to beat. Uh, nice. That fish I was talking about moo is definitely up there in general for like a everyday fish. I like Wahoo. Yeah. I think Mahi Mahi is kind of overrated and it gets like, it's a, pretty looking fish that's got a cool name so it kind of like everybody remembers mahi mahi but to me i'd I'd rather have like yellowfin tuna or wahoo instead of mahi mahi doesn't last as long in the fridge either mahi has so many different names dorado Mm -hmm. uh dolphin like i don't on the texas coast a lot of people call it dolphin fish like yeah i've heard that Looks well, nothing like friends. a dolphin, but that's what, you know that's what we call it. So I, some I drunk know. sailor a long yeah. time ago. Named yeah. it. Well, cool. Let's do this. Let's just take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, I want to talk about Hawaiian hunting culture. Sounds Sound good? good. All right. Yep. That segment brought to you by Stealth Cam and the DS4K Ultra. When it comes to HD video quality, nobody does it better than Stealth Cam and the DS4K Ultra. I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise. It's the evolution of the DS4K lineup. You can find the Ultra at StealthCam.com. We'll be right back with more from Mark Healy on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Let's face it, guys. We all would love to own land, right? But they're not making any more of it. However, there's a solution. Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. Whether you want it for recreating, ranching, fishing, hunting, or just to get the hell out of Dodge for the weekend, visit Lone Star Ag Credit today to start making that dream a reality. Hey, guys. Cable here. And if there's one service, one company that I rely on heavily when planning my next backcountry hunt, it's Onyx Hunt. They have, for a long time, set the gold standard when it comes to giving me the information I need to basically predict where I'm going to find animals. And if you can hone in on where the animals are going to be, you're going to be more successful. Onyx uses their own topo maps, plus, I mean, geographical features like watering holes or a meadow system that works its way down a mountainside where you know those elk are going to be feeding and muleys in the morning and evenings. Yeah, it'll show you that as well. Uh, Plus, of course, private property boundaries. Where does the National Forest end? Where does Rancher Joe's property start? Yeah, it's going to show you that as well. So whether you're planning a backcountry hunt or just picking ambush points to hang your tree stands on your whitetail property, Onyx shows it all to you. They've got different layers you can apply to a, a specific grid or a piece of property. It's really rad. And here's the cool thing. You'll save 20% when you order your 
Onyx subscription by using my promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at onxmaps.com. Spawn is right around the corner. Your reels have been re-spooled and the tackle box is ready to roll. But the question is, can your truck handle another season of pulling your boat in and out of the water every weekend? Call David Boone at Third Coast Diesels. He'll make sure your truck is not what sinks your next fishing trip. Offering a widespread array of diesel parts and services, call 214-326-1176 or visit thirdcoastdiesels.com today. Father, I always said God's a fisher, and now I know the reason why. Put him some time. little Sturgill Simpson bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg. Cable Smith here with you. Thank you so much for sharing a part of 2022. Man, can't believe. You know, it seemed like Christmas just flew by. We were putting up decorations one day and celebrating Christmas the next. Life was just so busy. Um, hopefully you had time to slow down, catch your breath, and... Spend time with those who matter the most. Uh, I know that was probably the biggest blessing over the holidays, for the Smith family anyway. Um, This segment of the presentation, proudly brought to you by Mossberg Firearms and the 940 Pro Waterfowl. It's available now. It's Mossberg's brand spanking new semi-auto loading platform, replacing the old 930 Yep, the 940, here's the cool thing. You can put 1,500 rounds through it before they say it needs to be cleaned. And if you're like me, that's a big deal. So check it out. It's the 940 Pro Waterfowl. MSRP is like right at $1,000, I think. You could probably find it for 900 at your local dealer. Or you can head over to Mossberg.com for more info. With that being said, professional big wave chaser, passionate bow hunter and spear fisherman, Mark Healy is still here with us. Uh, certainly appreciate you sticking around. Happy to be here. So let's talk about hunting in Hawaii. And, and I want to start with public perception because, you know, it seems like Hawaii is certainly a blue leaning state. A lot of mm-hmm. times that comes with anti-hunting, anti-Second Amendment mindset. What is public perception of, of hunting and hunters in Hawaii? So Hawaii is an interesting place. It's a, it's a bit different because it has a longstanding culture of, of, you know, Hawaiians and also like immigrants that came to work in cane camps, you know, like people who either historically lived off of the land and the sea or people who immigrated and didn't have very much money and therefore had to. So you, you have an interesting dynamic in Hawaii and it's very, it's, it's very family oriented as well. So there's, you don't experience much negative negativity about hunting here. I'd say that you probably wouldn't experience any more negativity than you would in Texas. Of course, the, the odd person is just, it's not their thing or they've never experienced it. They don't understand it. They don't understand what happens before and after that, that picture that they see with a beautiful dead animal. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, Hawaii 
we have a number of different animals that we hunt here. So it's, uh, it's all kinds of goats. There's mouflon sheep. Uh, there's just like feral sheep. People come up with all different kinds of names to marketing names. Oh, we have the black Hawaiian <laughs> on a lot of. Texas exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we got stuff like that. Um, axis deer, obviously, um, tons of pigs, black tailed deer on Kauai. Um, and then actually on one of the islands that you can't go to, there's a bunch of African game animals. There's actually a black buck on Molokai too, still around. Huh. Um, so there's all kinds of stuff. So there's an island with black tailed deer on it. Were those introduced there? I'm assuming. Yes. Everything was introduced. Okay. So everything is considered an invasive species and Hawaii is a, I think, it, I, it definitely held this title for a long time. I'm not sure if it does still, but probably um, the highest concentration of endangered uh, endemic species in the world. So we have major problems with, you know, all of these species weren't built to uh, go up against undulates and, and right. these introduced uh, mammals. So uh, there, there's big problems with, you know, them foraging and and creating you know bare spots on the mountainside then the soil can't hold water you get these this erosion big rains and it drags all the dirt out to the reef and then it kills the reef so it, it's a real problem that needs to be addressed like there, there's definitely not enough management believe me i want all the animals to hunt and eat out here as uh as the next guy but they're they're they need to be pulled back basically. Yeah. So like Texas parks and wildlife, we have a bunch of uh, invasive audad in, in different regions of Texas and um, specifically out, out West in like the mountains where we've invested, the, the state has invested a lot of money in desert bighorn reintroduction. Mm -hmm. So they will go up in helicopters and they'll aerial gun these audad where their ranges cross with the desert bighorns. Does, mm -hmm. I don't even know what Hawaii's fishing game agency is called, but do they uh, partake in that kind of management? Yeah. So they did a lot of aerial shooting before. Um, they're still high fencing certain areas on the big Island, trying to get the sheep out, mm -hmm. um, which again, it's one of those. So they're putting up fences to keep the sheep out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the uh, native plants can grow back and the, uh -huh. and the saplings of the native trees. Um, so, yeah, it's another one of those gray things where, you know, I understand the conservation side, but I also understand the hunting side yeah. and it, you're never going to make everybody happy, but you can go about things in showing mutual respect to both sides. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, Hawaii's as far as DLNR, it's been a dicey history as far as that with the hunters and everything. It's yeah. not, it's not managed very well over here at all by any okay. means. <laughs> Put so it that way. when you buy your hunting license, do you have X number of tags for X species or is it just they're invasive? You can kill as many as you want. If you're on you private know. land, you can kill as many as you want. So part of that is like, we don't, I think it's like 20 bucks a year for me, for my hunting license. Mm -hmm. You can take as many animals as you want on private land. Um, when you're on state land, depending if it's year round or opens and closes, you know, there's different rules. Um, but you private land is wide open. 
and is it all predominantly archery no there's a lot of rifle hunters too it's just archery archery will definitely like it opens up more opportunity for me for for people to allow me to hunt on their land that way you know because some of some of the places you'll go and find amazing bucks is you know in like five acre parcel yeah you know you go hunt big wide open giant thousands and thousands of acres but like some of them are like full like neighborhood bucks they know they don't get shot at in a certain place Uh okay yeah that's interesting i had a place here in north texas that was 20 acres for for deer hunting which is very small uh but that was yeah the, the county i live in just north of dallas Collin County is archery only. So it was like exactly what you're saying. There was, there were big bucks that were cruising around. Um, and is Hawaii a place where there is a lot of public opportunity? It sounds like you're doing more hunting on private land yeah. because the, of the increased opportunity, but is there opportunity for folks to, so, Hey, I don't, I don't, and I don't know if leasing land is a big thing in Hawaii. Like in Texas, it's huge. Like if you want to hunt deer, you better have your own place lease your own place or have a friend that's like your best buddy that's going to let you come on and, and hunt yeah hawaii are, are we have state hunts but they're it's like when the bucks are just in velvet mm-hmm. you know like it, it makes no sense in that they need to get the numbers down but then they're like why don't you just send the hunters in during the rut you need the animals out it's not like you're trying to not just you know disrupt their pattern um but yeah, it's a, it's a little tricky with, with state, state land and public land, I should say. Um, it's seasonal. The seasons don't really always make sense. Um, it gets a lot of pressure. A lot of guys hunt with uh, pigs with dogs. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the state land has pigs too, you know, and, and so they'll be running dogs through there all the time. So that kind of keeps the deer out. That's uh, big in Texas culture as well as hog dogging. Yeah. A lot of that. And I've seen... A- plenty of videos from Hawaii and it's like, it's just a lot greener there, but it's the same yeah. thing. And I love yeah. it, you know, I do. <laughs> totally. So, um, those are kind of the challenges there. And as far as leases, not a lot of, some people do leases, but so Oahu, I think the, the median single family home right now, and this is for like a shack with no yard is a million dollars. Goodness gracious. So you can imagine what like leasing, prime country land looks like it's not yeah. like it's a not a small point. investment yeah put it that way and then every i mean hawaii it's like people jump a lot of fences in hawaii really? <laughs> <laughs> people obviously poaching is very looked down on but it's not doesn't carry the same weight as it does in the continental u.s you know yeah. and yeah. i think a lot of that comes from uh it being invasive species people aren't they usually want to get rid of them, but it's like, obviously there's liability. It's not cool to be trespassing and stuff like that. So I don't know if you, if you lease a spot, it's going to be expensive and you're going to be playing cat and mouse with people jumping your fence. So for the, so like hunting access deer with a bow in Hawaii is, is on my bucket list is Wahoo the best place, or is there another Island that's better? And how, would I need to book with an outfitter mm-hmm. or, you know, try to find some like come there and then like make friends with somebody. I don't know how that, how that would play out for, for a mainlander coming to Hawaii with the intention of, of archery hunting axis deer. Okay. So Oahu, 
um, even though back in the day, it was like almost hundred years ago, I want to say, uh, was the first island that Axis Deer were introduced to. They weren't able to establish themselves here. Mm-hmm. So th- there's three islands that have access to now. So that's Molokai, uh, Lanai, and Maui. And uh, there are outfitters, guides. Uh, usually they seem to be booked out for like a year out. Um, Pineapple Brothers have their operation over on Lanai. Um, that, the deer density there is crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's like spot and stock heaven you know, be ready to crawl. If you have your bow, um, tons of fun. Uh, you know, Molokai is kind of wild West. I do believe there's a few outfitters over there. Um, and then Maui has a few outfitters besides that. It's just either going and doing the state hunts or, or knowing people and just Hawaii is just a tough nut to crack. It's not a place where you can go knock on a door and be like, Hey, can I hunt your people and be like, get out of here. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah. and, and it's really interesting, you know, like I, because it's, it's a lot of cattle ranches. Right. So, you know, I, I do understand their, their point of view. It's like people leave gates open, you know, mm-hmm. people do stupid things and they're like, you know, these, these hunters are going to come knock over a few deer. I got 10,000 of them on my ranch. It's not going to make a dent for me. And I got all the liability. So yeah. it's the that- same exact thing that we see with pig hunters in Texas. They're like, Oh, these landowners just, they, they bitch about the pigs tearing up their property, but then I go knock on their door and they won't let me come hunt them for free. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, that's because just like you said, them killing one or two pigs on a weekend isn't helping them with the problem. And yeah, it's now it's just a liability and really you're the only one that's getting anything out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta, you can't approaching it with a sense of entitlement never goes well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's like you have to you have to uh create a relationship and that's the tough thing about hunting on private land it's like all it all it takes is one bad apple to come and mess it up for for you forever where they're just like you know i like you man but this happened and i just don't want to deal with it yeah yeah um what's the best time like what's the best month to hunt axis deer uh i would say june june's okay so the rut's pretty similar there as you know same as here june july Mm -hmm. but we have i I don't know how it is with the axis here in texas but our rut can really spread out like it can heat up in october for a little bit again um so you have hard horn bucks year-round like we do yes okay yeah yeah i would say that the probably january is the you'll just see one here and there and they're real white horn. You know, they, they're looking like they're ready to drop. Right. Well, let's do this. Let's work in our last break here. We'll come back and get into some uh, Hawaiian inspired venison recipes, maybe even mix in some archery elk as well. I know that's one of Mark's favorite things. That segment proudly brought to you by Numa geared for the outdoors. It's what I'm proud to wear on every outdoor adventure best apparel company that I've found. The gear is top-notch. You can put it right up there. Lusica, Kuyu, First Light, you name it. Numa is that quality. Uh, Direct-to-consumer, though, so at a price point that is a little more affordable. And you'll save 20% off any Numa order when you use my promo code LONESTAR20 at checkout. That's Numa, P-N-U-M-A, outdoors. 
Okay, we'll be right back with more from Mark Healy on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Hey guys, Cable here, and if you're listening to this show, you probably like ARs. And I'm not talking about antler restrictions, I'm talking about, you know, ARs, modern sporting rifles. And Timber Creek Outdoors has the best way I've found to take your AR to the next level. It's the Enforcer Kit. It features high-end performance parts and jaw-dropping looks. It's perfect for sportsmen, competitors, firearms, enthusiasts, and people who trust their lives to their equipment, like you and I. When combined together, these parts improve usability, as well as ergonomics, big word there, and dependability of any small framed modern sporting rifle. Timber Creek products are manufactured by Americans in the USA, God bless America, and they implement uncompromising quality control and offer a lifetime warranty. They've got a bunch of different color options, something for everybody. I've got a hunter green enforcer kit on my 224 Valkyrie. Absolutely love it. You will, too. Check out the Enforcer Kit at TimberCreekOutdoorsInc.com. If you're looking to remodel your home, add a deck or arbor to the back patio, redo your fence, or build your dream home from the ground up, look no further than ECR Construction Group. My longtime bow hunting buddy, Josh Brown, is someone you can trust to deliver honest work on time. ECR Construction Group also serves the North Texas area, specializing in roofing, barn dominium builds, painting, and carpentry. So for your next project, call the folks I trust. That's ECR Construction Group at 214-400-1444 or ecrcg.com. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at bobcatadvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit BobcatofDallas.com today. Can't slow down. it at Fort Barrel speed. A battle cry to treat this absence. Let me back to the world. Nice little sun bolt bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith riding shotgun with you as always. We've still got professional big wave chaser, archery aficionado, spear gun enthusiast, and uh, all-around adventurer Mark Healy here with us today. And we'll jump back into that conversation in just a second. But first, this segment brought to you by America's Coffee Company. Of course, I'm talking about Black Rifle, veteran-owned and operated. I'm sipping on a cup of the CAF. Uh, You can use your imagination as to what that stands for. But Black Rifle is not only unapologetic when it comes to their patriotism, they also grind the best coffee roast around. You can find their entire store at blackriflecoffee.com and you'll save 20% off your entire order of coffee or t-shirts, water bottles, caps, all kinds of cool swag. 20% off with that promo code LONESTAR20 at checkout. All right, uh, well, Mark, thanks for sticking around. Why don't we get into... 
your favorite Hawaiian-inspired venison recipe. And don't give me something like, oh, well, we just grill the backstraps. No. Give us something more than that. Well, there's a Kilauean, which is a Filipino one, and that's uh-huh. that's raw backstrap. Oh, wow. So like a calamansi lime on it and a sauce. Um, yeah, it's just eating raw axis. Yeah. So it I, tastes I, amazing, I, man. It, especially like if you get a lot of like, blood out. Uh-huh. Okay. This will just be kind of like cut like sashimi. I've had it cubed too, like a, a real young spike. And it was like, I, besides a, it being a little, a little bit more firm, I would have thought it was like bluefin tuna or something. Really? Okay. Really good. Just okay. with salt on that one. And it wasn't even like the Filipino style with the sauce. Uh-huh. Um, I'm in on all this, by the way. I, I love uh, tartar, you know, whether it's raw beef or, or venison. Man, I, I, you know, I could be wrong, but it's just like so much of, I think a lot of what we changed once you get into like the whole science of, of gut health and your, the biome that's living in you. I mean, digesting raw meat, I'm always thinking is like, it's gotta be bringing my gut biome back to my, my ancestors a little bit more and help me digest things more efficiently. Yeah. Uh, So I, I just like doing that every now and then. We had um, Impala tartar when I was in Africa in July. And like the next day, people started getting headaches. And like, oh, really? Oh, I got a fever. And everyone was peeing out of their butts. Like everyone. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, is COVID going through? Do, does, do we all have COVID? And then we like, uh, then half the camp was feeling perfectly fine. Then we connected the dots. It was like anyone that ate the tartar like was sick you know and we didn't stop hunting only one guy like felt bad enough to where he was like i'm gonna go in my room because i have fever and chills and i might I might have covid uh, nobody <laughs> did it was just you know the the tartar for whatever reason uh, oh did it so the local guys didn't have like an explanation like oh that happens sometimes or i no, it was just but well, because the the ph is all got sick too so that the south africans and the americans it, it didn't discriminate so uh-huh yeah it was just something that you know we ate and it didn't didn't sit well but at least it wasn't covid so we didn't have to quarantine in africa for x number of days oh, that would have been brutal yeah um so coming off the island i'm looking at an elk behind you you've done mm-hmm. a bit of hunting then in the lower 48 yes so um i think i did my first elk hunt six years ago uh-huh. and just was like as long as my legs still work i'm every september i'm elk hunting yeah you and me both man i have not missed this i think i've been every year for nine seasons awesome and i've killed uh maybe it's eight seasons and i've killed two elk with my bow and i did one rifle hunt in colorado mm-hmm. and it was successful so you know my odds are just under 50 percent or my success rate um, but there's been other, there's been other arrows that have been loosed and yeah, <laughs> the, there's two things you can't take back in life and that's words and, and arrows, you know? So, yep. You know, sometimes you want them back, but you can't. And, uh, but it's, so you've, you took this bull behind you in Colorado. Where else have you gone? So I've done, I've done three hunts in Colorado, uh, two in Utah and one in Idaho. Mm-hmm. and successful on how many um so i've killed five bulls nice that's awesome 
So are you, are any of them public land or? Yeah. My first one was public land, like over the counter. Uh Um, when I had, I had good, good teachers, you know, I was with, uh, Kenton Carruth and Ryan Callahan and went and hung out and with them. And we just burnt boot leather for a week, uh, public land. And then, uh, ended up that, that sure together. beats my teacher which was me you know <laughs> <laughs> drive from texas new mexico and be like oh yeah i'm an elk hunter now oh there's definitely a learning curve to that oh yeah uh, technique or, or lack of it's really just scatter shooting and see what sticks you know but um, yeah especially just her dynamic too you know if if you're hunting public land and starting off and you're not getting a lot of interaction and being able to watch how the herd dynamics are, man, it would take a long time to learn if you don't have somebody that's uh, taking you under their wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <clears throat> find it fascinating, like, because my brain is kind of, my brain is kind of like clicked there already just from knowing fish behavior and okay, ABC equals D, whatever. Um, so I, I know the general grid. So learning terrestrial animals there's obviously different factors you're not dealing with scent underwater things mm-hmm. like that but um uh there are some similarities so I, I had kind of like a jig to drop the ideas in but still just trial and error yeah oh yeah well i mean if, if you figure out okay this is where they're going to be bedded in the middle of the day and mm-hmm. you know they're going to come up in the mornings and they're going to go back down in the evenings then i mean just those things alone can can help anybody at least know where to expect elk to be moving and uh and then yeah once you start to be able to vocalize a little bit talk to them you're gonna have shot opportunities if, you, if you're if you can find the elk so yeah um, finding the elk <laughs> has never never been the problem for me now it's it's all the other things that go into it their learning curve there has been now, i kind of figured figured them out grouse hunting to be honest with you i spent probably five or six trips chasing blue grouse in new mexico before i ever started um elk hunting but but i always was seeing the elk where i was grouse hunting i was like okay this is this is interesting and um you know apply that to once i finally drew an archery tag and uh, and just went from there but yeah much like you i will never miss a september archery elk season um, you know what, what? I, I i just remembered i've actually done seven not six elk hunts because i'm totally forgetting one where we didn't even get but close to a shot on one. <laughs> really? We were bugling hunters in for five days. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I've actually shot, I've shot an arrow on every one of those hunts. So I've had, oh, yeah. I've, I've had opportunities. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like I said, can't take those back, so, but live and learn. Um, other, other bucket list things for you, you know, and it can be archery. I don't know. Do you ever <clears throat> rifle hunt? Nope. Okay. I'm so all archery. Just, I, diehard bow hunter diehard bow hunter i'll probably switch to traditional bow at some point um i just like being out there i like the challenge you know um i can get meat you know i know how long it takes for my family and for me to share with my extended family and friends to get through uh meat i i like the process i like the connection i like the the clearing of the mind, the exercise, all of that. So I'm not in a big rush to get it done day one, one all the sure. time. So I'll probably yeah. devolve equipment yeah. <laughs> as you get older. So making it more difficult on yourself. Yeah. I like it. I'm not, not getting it 
and he's uh, smarter. But so, but so, <laughs> bucket list though. Back to that. What? Okay. Uh, what? What's at the top of the list? Bucket list for me. Um, there's some trips that I want to set up. Um, one of them. Uh, there's a couple of islands in the middle of the ocean mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, where you could surf, spearfish, and bow hunt that are just out in the middle of nowhere. You know, it would take a couple of days and knowing people and kind of hobbling a, a strike mission together <laughs> that I'd re- really like to do. Um, I guess for hunting goals, it would be to go to traditional and kill a, a, a good access buck here in Hawaii with that. Uh-huh. Um, that. I think that would be a good, a good goal to go after. Um, and then, you know, I have my, my other parts of my life, like surfing and stuff is just like performing at my best on the biggest days. I know what I've, I've done. I know what my window is for taking abuse going forward. And I, and I know what I got to do to kind of top my, my previous performances. So Mm -hmm. it's just having more of a laser focus on that. So as we're, as we're wrapping up here, best Hawaiian beer. Best Hawaiian beer. So it has to be from Hawaii. Well, yeah. Hawaii originated best Hawaiian beer. The Kona big waves are kind of like the (laughs) go-to. Yeah, we can get those in Texas. Oh, you can? No way. They're all the way out there. They started here. Yeah. Kona brewery uh, brewing. We can get big wave. There's, there's a couple I've seen here, Uh, uh but big wave you can find. Yeah. I mostly drink St. Archer's, but, um, what is that? Is that an IPA or something? Well, they have, they have IPAs, they have hazies, they got Uh uh, Mexican style beers. Uh, I just kind of rotate, but, um, you know, it, it's interesting because, and they see this in, sorry, I'm going to go on a rant, but you see this in the beer industry. There's just like all these micro brew, small pub places, but there isn't like, I'm not aware of like commercial, like kind of every man's beer, Hawaiian beers at the moment. They get bought up by Anheuser-Busch, Coors, whatever, um, pretty quickly and turn into what we're talking about. So I don't even know at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then um, best Hawaiian band. Best Hawaiian band. So the one that we listened to when I was in college and I still listen to to this day is, is called Ukla the Mock. Oh yeah. I remember yeah. going to plenty yeah. of their concerts. You did. You did? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm like, there's a lot of good Hawaiian bands, but I like old school Hawaiian. So, um, I like Gabby Pahinui. So he would be like to country music. What like some of the old, like Willie and Waylon would be or something. Uh-huh. Okay. And is that more of like a reggae island? No, it's like straight up one, like slack key. Okay. All right. Guttural kind of (laughs) and Uh falsetto. It's it's, check it out. Okay. And then, um, protect is your, do you, do you want to call it a a fitness or wellness company? What, what, what is it? So, so we basically, um, we have things for your everyday pursuits and creating, um, uh, good routines and that's what we're really going after. So, 
um, everything from energy to sleep to the vitamins that you need to plant-based BCAAs that are easy to digest, um, you know, mental clarity. Uh, so it's, it's, so it's, we, we try to hit all the buttons on routine throughout the day, rip the sugar out, rip all the crap out that's usually in there make it in the United States, batch check it, um, use the best current science and put it in a, in a form that's, that that's easiest to use on the go and in the field. Um, so we're just solving all the problems that we've had. I've, other uh, co-founders and owners are former Navy ones in a uh, retired Navy SEAL. We all have our outdoor pursuits. He's a, he's a obsessed climber, mm -hmm. uh, like rock climber. Um, you know, I, I do my water stuff. We have another one who's another two that are like trail runners. Uh, so we just kind of put all our heads together and be like, what don't we get? Mm, okay. And what, what do we get too much of to solve our problems and be out there and be focused? Uh, and where, and what's the website? Uh, protect.com. But um, <clears throat> yeah, we're really proud of what we've put together. And it's especially like the, these liquid packs. So it's like the liquid energy, hydration, all of that. You can put these packs in your bags. I just put them in every backpack that I always have just in case I space out and forget to bring something <laughs> with me. And, um, it's a solution. It goes easy mixes instantly in water. You don't have powders. Hawaii's humid. So like whenever you use those like tablets for hydration or energy, they end up like just blowing up because of the humidity. Right. Um, if you forget it in your bottle for like five days, it stinks and creates like a car bomb out of your yeti container <laughs> so th those are all things that we we fixed okay and then for you personally um where can folks find you um you can find me on instagram pretty shadow banned by now so <laughs> um but that's healy water ops h-e-a-l-e-y-w-a-t-e-r-o-p-s on instagram so you're shadow banned i'm also in that camp uh, I don't, is it because of, of hunting content or like political stuff? No, it's, it's weird things like, uh, saying people should ha actually have a, a choice in what they put in their body and, um, oh. and you know, like being anti-segregation weird, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's strange that that would be, um, such a hot button issue with the powers that be, but yeah, well, I'm going to throw that in the political realm. So, I mean, yeah. these days it's, it's the vaccines are all politicized and, um, yeah, it is. So yeah, I'm in the same camp as you. <laughs> yeah. And, hey, I'm not going to change choice. either. So every, yeah. everybody's choice. I'm not exactly. saying don't, don't get it. I'm saying it yep. should be your choice. Exactly. Exactly. Once you, once you give up your body, what yeah. else is there? You're, you're already momentum's heading in a bad direction. Yeah. Well, I'm going to look you up. Uh, if, if you're like me, I'll have to type out the entire name just to find <laughs> you. Uh, but well, good stuff. I'm glad I like you even more now they know you're shadow banned. So, yeah. <laughs> if you're not shadow banned, you're not trying hard enough. That's right. That's right. Well, Mark, hey, man, I certainly enjoyed the conversation. Uh, I look forward to, to meeting you someday in person and hope that you uh, find that, that big wave. Thank you, Cable. Good to meet you. And give me a shout when you're heading to Hawaii. We'll do it. Take care. All right. So there he goes, Mark Healy, professional surfer, spear fisherman, passionate bow hunter, and that's just one of the many reasons why I absolutely love this job, getting to have conversations with fascinating folks like Mark. Um, I certainly enjoyed it. Hope y'all did as well. That segment of the show was proudly brought to you by 
all seasons barbecue pits and smokers. I actually used the new pellet grill this past weekend. Did three racks of ribs, venison sausage, uh, two beer can chickens, and a bunch of uh, Axis Deer meatballs for the Cowboy game this past weekend. Man, it was 42-7 to seven at halftime, so uh, good food <laughs> and a great game if you're a Cowboy fan. Um, but, yeah, check it out. All Seasons has an entire lineup of smokers, pellet grills, grills, fire pits, you name it. You can find it all at allseasonsfeeders.com. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today. Got to go. Got to get out of here. Thanks to Mark as well as you guys and gals. Thank you for being here, being a part of today's presentation. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith wishing you a happy new year and a great week in the outdoors. Adios, Rio Grande, adios, my old friend, I'm going back to Texas like an arrow through the wind, so until we